Welcome to The Lisa Show and our book club. We are reading More Than a Body. We are on part one of chapter four. And if you're listening to this podcast, first of all, thank you so much. And second of all, you could be watching us right here on YouTube um, because this is where we live, right? This is where we we go for this. It's our home, right? And when I say us, I mean my esteemed guest, Whitney. Whitney, introduce yourself a little bit. Yes, uh, I'm Whitney Call. I am a writer, comedian, and a uh, woman. And a woman. And a woman. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and a reader, and you love this book. I love this book. Yeah. And yes. we've talked a lot about it, and so I'd love to dive down really into the details of Chapter 4, if you're okay with Let's it. Let's get to it, girl. Okay, so this, I thought, was so interesting, because here we are uh, set up in the book, right? Mm-hmm. We've we've gotten the introduction of basically what the situation is. <laughs> you know, women. the fire. <laughs> right, and we've gotten into why things are the way they are. And yeah. uh, what I really do appreciate about uh, Lindsay and Lexi is that they— include their research in the book in a way that is very conversational, but does have specific data. Backing, right. Backing of it. And so chapter four is from divided to united as women. Mm -hmm. And this is something that I know that you feel passionately about, about uniting women together. And this is where I feel like the, I don't know, maybe my activism starts to like, like get going of like, oh no, we don't have to take all this. We can change and make things better for everyone. Yes. And right off the bat, as as soon as we start, it has us ask ourselves a couple of questions. Yeah. So I want to ask you the first question, <laughs> which is, have you ever passed judgment yes. on someone because oh, of yes. how they looked or dressed? Yes. Have you ever found out those judgments were wrong? Yes, absolutely. Who yeah. who hasn't? I know. It's hard to admit, though. It is, but I have, like, admitted this to myself, I think, a lot, especially just, like, doing more work on myself. I'm an Enneagram one, if you know Enneagrams. (laughs) So I already know that I'm very critical of myself, of other people. But yes, like I think just recognizing anytime there's been like a, I don't look like that person Mm. or, oh, like look how much they put into themselves. Or I, I know it's so much of my own projections, but I think because I'm aware now of how much I'm projecting my own pain, insecurities, frustrations of the day, even just on the outside, I think it's then easier to start pinging myself a little bit more of like, oh, I just thought that about this person. They did nothing to me. They did nothing wrong, but I am having a bunch of feelings about them right now. So yes, a hundred percent. It happens many times a day, I would say. And it's it's one thing to be able to notice, okay, I do that, you know, and I don't want to do it. And I think mm-hmm. it's another thing to say, oh, we're all sort of doing that. Because then it brings to attention, at least for me, of, you know, I don't know what sort of messages I'm subliminally right? <laughs> handling or handing out. That's their job. <laughs> I, you're right. And and in turn, what I'm absorbing yeah. from where from where I'm at. Sometimes I think that it it 
gets in the way of us like really connecting with each other. Oh, and, totally. And so I think it goes deeper than just, oh, I don't want to be a judgy person. I think it yeah. even goes deeper to say, wait, what else are you missing? Yes. If you're so fixated on this, then are you really connecting with somebody for deep friendship and sharing of ideas and like just enjoying life a little bit more? Yeah. To me, I think that that's m- so much more dangerous. It's a grief, isn't it? I feel like this whole book gave me a big grieving process because there was this feeling of how many people have I not connected with because I thought because they look like this, I can never be this. Or, you know, because they, um, you know, maybe treat me like this, I can never be this with them. Or, you know, just how much have I been missing out on because I'm seeing someone else as a body, not just myself. I think that's where it comes from, that I have seen myself as just a body. But then I project that onto other people and I say, oh, well, when they are just a body, I don't want to associate with that. I'm not in a place where I can can handle that, right? Mm -hmm. I've probably missed out on so many really awesome people who have stories and you know, advice and things to share with me and connections. And I've just been in my own little hole that this like devil of a society has kind of (laughs) created for me. And yeah, it's a grieving process, right? But I think there is strength in just saying like, look, we're all doing it. So why don't we all call it out and let's all try and move forward? Well, because the next question is, well, have you been judged by somebody that you felt harshly. And I just think that's so interesting in this entire series that we've done on the Lisa Show of For Body Image. Mm -hmm. I've talked to so many people, and there is no like, oh, if you look like this, or you're this age or that age, then you'll deal with this list. Right. It's everyone, no matter what. Right, (laughs) right. Which is, is not comforting that we all deal with it in different ways. So when we look at someone, it made me realize that, oh, then she probably never worries about this. She probably, sure, you know, it's only a problem for me and not for her or whatever. Oh, totally. There's no way that that, that's true. You can't judge from the outside. And also, again, like I feel like they say um, right in the beginning, I just want to quote on page 165, we feel defined by how we appear. And so we define everyone else, Mm -hmm. friend or foe, by how they appear Mm -hmm. positively or negatively. Oh, totally. All of the ways. Exactly. Even like people that I am closest to, people that are dear friends, I feel like sometimes it does. And I'm sure you'd get this, Lisa, as someone who is in a job where my appearance is used. Yeah. I think it has kind of become a weapon a little bit sometimes when, especially in comedy, like there's not as many females in comedy, period. Mm -hmm. And so to have, I've worked with a handful of female comedians for a very long time. And we get jobs all the time. And so many times I tell myself like, oh, like they got that job because they look better. They got that job because they wanted this body type. They got, and sometimes like that just is the truth. Sometimes, which makes it tricky, tricky, right? Is that sometimes people are just genuinely wanting a certain body type that I don't share. But then when I turn it on that person, when I make it about them, that's when it really starts to get ugly. That's when it really starts to, I think, do damage, like really lasting damage to myself and to these friendships of people who, like, these are my sisters. Like, these are, these are our, this is my family, right? And so for this to be able to be infiltrated about the people I'm closest to even is just a sign of how insidious it is. 
friend or foe. Yeah. It's just like, oh, so everyone. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> and I, <laughs> but Lindsay and Lexi in their book, uh, More Than a Body, talk about how, you know, self compassion and also compassion for everyone else. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk a little bit about that because I love how they write in a way that is, here's the problem and here's the situation and here's what we need more of. Like they, yeah. there is an offered solution. Um, Girls and women are often stereotyped as inherently catty, competitive, and vicious towards each other. Mm -hmm. And I thought sometimes we, like, just sort of set up that expectation for each other that, like, we are in competition. But who gains from us being in competition for each other? It's all a system of oppression if you're thinking that way. Yeah. Men, on the other hand, did not discriminate against men they deemed more attractive. (laughs) Um, And... I just want to share this statistic on the bottom of 167. 63% of girls and 58% of boys experience some form of bullying due to their weight and size. So that's most of us. Mm-hmm. And I I think that sometimes it can be overt and sometimes it can be really um, subtle. Yeah. And so it made me think about times in my life where I feel like, oh, I was treated differently based on, you know, a size or... Um, my appearance, um, mm-hmm. and it doesn't feel great. It doesn't, and everyone can relate. So yeah. if we yeah. all are feeling this, then I feel like it it should be easy for us all to kind of throw off the blindfold and say, like, like who cares? <laughs> like, right. let's just all— Let's all collectively don't not listen care. To, don't yeah. listen to it. But we do, right? Mm-hmm. Because I think we're also our own worst enemy. We're reinforcing yeah. it with each other. Which is kind of the it's kind of the grief part, right? Right, and in the book they talked a lot about like how how girls talk about their bodies, they mirror what they how they yes. see their moms do that, and I do feel like our generation. Well, I shouldn't put us in the same generation. We Genera- are. We're the same generation. We can be sisters. Um, generation X. I feel like we got that message. I mm-hmm. think we were kind of the first one. Like, oh yeah, we gotta stop. Complaining about our bodies, especially in front of our daughters. Yeah. Um, but I don't think that that goes far enough. No. Because we're still doing things to change our appearance or to— Yeah. I don't know. Well, and kids aren't stupid. No, so they're not. even if you're not standing in front of a mirror saying, oh, I look like an elephant, like your kid will still pick up on the fact that you are, you know, talking on the phone to your friend about how much you want to lose weight before yeah. summer or mm-hmm. how you keep looking at yourself in the mirror because your clothes don't fit and you're trying to like hide this love handle. Like your kids will pick up on those things. So even if you're not outrightly saying something, it's being passed on still. So I want to know what you do because you have boys mm. and how you talk about your body or how you talk about bodies with them in a way that like does what you know there is suggested here in this yeah. chapter. I honestly I think this is probably a great gift I was given that I I have boys and so my mindset is already probably closer to where it should be because all through this book I just kept thinking over and over and over would a man say that about another man would oh, like what like what you were saying here on page 166 where they were talking about how you know girls are often inherently catty but boys will not they won't necessarily feel threatened by someone who who looks more stereotypically attractive and so I think automatically, I just assume my boys aren't going to fall into that. And so I'm already talking about bodies as function mm-hmm. instead of as form. 
And I, I had brought this up with you the other day, but like we were doing a workout video at our house and one of the workout uh, instructors was saying, you know, it's really good to exercise those obliques because it gives you a tiny waist. And I like specifically pointed it out to them. I was like, why does she care how small her waist is? And one of my boys, and granted, they're all young still, right? right. So they're just silly too. But mm -hmm. they were like, I want a big waist. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you do. But I think about it in terms of like, you know, when men greet each other, they don't say like, you look so good. You look so handsome. Like that's not where they're even picturing the value would be, you know, felt. Like why would your guy, like if I were a guy and I saw my guy friend, why would I think, oh, I know what'll help him feel better today. Yeah. Like, man, like your skin is glowing. Like <laughs> he'd be like, I can barely uh, see your pores. Right? Like to, I just think like, Thanks, bro. it's not even on their radar because <laughs> right. they're like, what are you doing? How are you like, how's life? What's what all the more important things, right? So I feel like I'm already maybe trained to talk that way with my boys. Oh, I'm now trying to retrain myself to talk that way with every female because I am still yeah. in that place of like, oh, this person looks like they're having a down day. I should, you know, tell them how cute they look or tell them, you know. Well, and that's exactly what they were talking about, yeah. how, how too often, um, and this is from 173, the compliments we receive about our bodies revolve around the ways women have been taught to exist in our world mm -hmm. by taking up as little space as possible, right? <sighs> And so it sort of reinforces the lies that thinner is best, healthiest, it's worth any cost. Yes. Illness, trauma, depression, whatever. Yep. Um, one woman said, when I was young, everyone called me skinny mini and praised me for being so tall and slender. And so I felt like I had to maintain that. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing that I feel like I feel so much now. The older that I get, it's like um, the compliments are of like, how you used to look and then having to maintain that. Yes. Whether yeah. it's an age or a weight mm -hmm. or a style or anything. Oh, it's totally. like being frozen in time and not allowing women to sort of change and grow without sort of like, you know, stars, what do they look like now? For sure. You know what I mean? For it's like, sure. well, they're aging and they're older like the rest of us. I don't know. Right? Leave them alone. Lisa, I, like, there's, mm, maybe this notes? is on the second yeah. half. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, this is in the second half. I can talk about it later. But it is what you're talking about with the positive comments, right? Where yeah. they say on, on page 195, just like, you've never looked better. And, and you know, but what we know is that research shows the vast majority of us will gain most or all of the weight back again within a few short years or less. And when those compliments stop, it's so easy to let body shame sink in that tells us we're valuable and attractive and worthy only when we're thinner and take up less space. I, like... I think the fact that we feel more valuable when we take up less space is maybe also why we feel threatened by each other, right? Is that I think we think that there's a shortage of space. Yeah. We think that space is finite. And so if we have one friend that's really loud and it's like, well, then when I hang out with her, I have to be quieter. And it's like, that is a lie I am telling myself yeah. because I think that they are taking up space that I now can't have. I think Jamie Lee Curtis right now, if you follow her on Instagram, oh, yeah. I love JLC. She talked, you know, she did that whole like hype hype woman for Michelle Yeoh because yes. Michelle Yeoh had just won her first Golden Globe. 
She's been in the business for forever. And you see this picture of Jamie Lee Curtis being so excited for Michelle Yeoh because she's like, women are getting recognized now and that's so awesome. And then Jamie Lee Curtis started receiving flack because people were like, okay, well, we're taking the thunder from Michelle now because we're focusing on how Jamie Lee Curtis made, and it's just another way that she's stealing this light, stealing this thunder. And Jamie Lee Curtis fired back on it and was like, this is the myth you're buying into that because I... I am so excited for Michelle Yeoh. Now Michelle doesn't have enough enough space. Yeah, to there's be only able- a limited l- right. amount that we can be excited for women. Right, and yeah. it's like no, let's just let's all take up the yeah. space we want to take up. And so I think when we give each other those compliments, we're saying, oh, good for you. You're taking up less space. But we are also reinforcing, like, if you freeze yourself right now, I'm really proud of you. And as someone with personal experience in the weight loss and weight gain journey, I, like— I don't know if you want me to save this for the second half. No, keep going. Okay. You um, don't save anything. We get all the good stuff <laughs> every time. Um, I just, as someone who's like, I, so I went through most of my pregnancies on television. And so you could see like weight loss, weight gain, weight loss, weight gain. And then finally I had all my kids. I was done. I was, I knew I wasn't going to get pregnant again. So I really wanted to lose weight. And I got a personal trainer. I spent $800 a month on personal training. I went five days a week and like just worked my butt off. I lost a lot of weight. I got really strong and I received so many compliments and I felt so good about myself and people actually treated me differently. So when people say it doesn't matter, it sucks, but that's the reality. People do treat you differently. But I also had this like, paranoia following me around of like, what if it doesn't last? What if I don't keep it off? What if something happens? And like, spoiler alert, here I am now, like, you know, three years after all of that transformation and the pandemic happened, life kind of spun Mm -hmm. out of control for me. And I'm just a person who has like a body that changes. Right. Newsflash, our bodies change. So I gained a lot of the weight back And people stopped with, like, talking about my body because I think they were embarrassed. Like, oh, I I complimented her at one point about how thin she was. And now I feel like I can't say anything because she has she's not that size anymore. And so now I almost feel like I want to be louder about, like, you, like, I've gained weight. That's okay. Like, I'm I'm also just, like, growing up, getting older, and a person who goes through life experiences where my body's going to change depending on what I'm going through. So I almost want to, like, look each person in the eye who I know. I remember who has complimented me. That's so interesting. I remember. You remember all the people who were like, like, oh, my gosh. Because I felt so, like, more valued by them that I just was like, oh, bookmark that. Like, that person feels better about me now because I, I know that they see me. They see me now. Well, they finally see me. Well, and this is something me. that's different. Like, when I grew up, when I was growing up, mm-hmm. I would have never thought twice about giving someone a compliment around weight loss. Sure. And, you know, to ha- see it in print, 174, comments centered on weight loss can be hurtful. Now— as a grown-up, I'm like, oh, yeah, it can be. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and it can be. Um, and and another, when I was reading this, I was thinking um, about my journey as well, which is kind of similar to yours. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I think a lot of us can relate to that, especially when um, you've had a lot of children 
you, your body your is not body, yours for a while. Well, and it's it. Everybody reacts so differently, yeah. and I've been so many sizes. Like yeah. I remember one time, like going through my jeans in my closet and being like, I have like every. Every woman's size, size yeah. of jean. I don't now because I'm trying not to be a hoarder and I'm trying to be more <laughs> of a minimalist. Anyway, that's another show. But um, but feeling confident and just being able to have clothes that fit is one thing. And then going out and showing up in the world and having people comment on how you look, mm-hmm. not knowing if it's a good or a bad body image day for you, mm-hmm. is a weird thing yeah. to walk around in society. And you can see why people get sort of social anxieties about it or oh yeah, or like don't want to be around family members who constantly talk about it or because yes. you know it's coming or whatever it is. There's so many different scenarios that, that, that I love that there is a place where it just brings it out and then sort of lays it out. And yeah. we've talked a lot about um, women, but something that I have noticed, and it has changed over the last, I would say like five or 10 years, is how many of my guy friends I feel will make disparaging comments about their body, like oh, casually yeah. or as a joke or so, in a way that guys didn't do that. Mm, that's so interesting. Earlier. Yeah. So it's like the trend is becoming not better for women, but now just as bad for Let's men. Let's just drag or, or, everyone down. <laughs> and I don't like it. Like, But I do, I have noticed that trend where yeah. men will talk poorly about their bodies. Yeah. As sort of like in a preemptive way. Like, yeah. I know, I know, and I'm, you know. And you know what? It makes me uncomfortable. I think there, it's maybe not that it has never, that it's just starting. I think it's always been there, probably. I, probably. But now, hopefully, we're also just giving men as a general sex more mm-hmm. emotional tools to be able to voice their own issues. Yes. So it's probably also just coming out more, right? And that's probably good. We just need more awareness that this is not a woman's problem. This is a yeah. people this is problem. This a human problem. Yeah. And so to be... Um, conscious about anything you're saying about anybody's appearance. I love how, uh, you know, Lexi and Lindsay just say, like, just if it's appearance-related, just skip it. Just, you don't need to focus on that. And I love that they also provide, like, ways you can answer back. Because I feel like this is maybe now the place we're at where— See, one of these women who had complimented me on losing weight, she herself went through this kind of weight loss journey and has gained a little bit of it back. And she was just telling me the other day how scared she is now of that pressure to stay this size that people noticed her in. And I sent her a portion of this book, not in like a, like, this is, you know, I have yet to ever say to her, I remember you complimenting me, but she has been through that exact yeah. thing now. So it just showed me, wow, it's so widespread. And to just share with her, like, look, when we're vulnerable with each other, when we're open to each other yeah. about the journey we're trying to make, I think that breaks down all the walls. Yeah. It doesn't have to come across as like, hey, like, don't do this. Yeah. But in more in more of a way of Focus. like— <laughs> No, we're not talking about that yeah, anymore. In, you know, it, it, it doesn't need—yeah, it, it can be kind. It can be inviting. Share your Just to, like, struggle. let yourself off the hook and let them off the hook for, like, yes. feeling this constant pressure. Let them off the hook. I love, I love that, that way of just feeling it because I think we can let everyone— mm-hmm. Just let them off the hook and be like, actually, I'm going to, like, tear the veneer off of this right now and just say, like, I'm really struggling with this. And then yeah. they could be like—maybe they'll say, like, ew— but that's because they haven't come to terms with it yet. Or they'll be like, I'm struggling with it too. And then you're like, should we 
Should we share? Should we read this book together and have our own book Should club? we unite? I know. <laughs> should we? I think we should. <laughs> I love it. Well, that is the end of part one of chapter four for Lisa's book club. More Than a Body is the book that we're reading. If you're listening, uh, you can also watch this conversation on YouTube. We're having a very spirited conversation. You're not going to want to miss out <laughs> on the facial expressions. I mean, I think. I don't know. <laughs> I have no control over them. And I hope you'll join us for part two of chapter four next time. Mm-hmm.